Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Deb from Media Night Radio. As everyone knows, we are welcoming to the airwaves tonight creator of Eye Candy Air and NHL hockey masks everywhere, Steve Nash. Steve Nash is a self-taught Canadian visual artist born in Shelburne and currently residing in Vaughan, Ontario, Canada. He is the owner and operator of Icon Candier since 2000, where he is renowned for specializing in custom airbrush art on goalie masks. Internally driven and emotionally charged, Steve's combined passion for art and ice hockey has his work being much sought after and can be seen on goalies of all levels worldwide, including NHL professionals Tim Thomas of the Florida Panthers, Jonathan Quick, Los Angeles Kings, Martin Jones, Los Angeles Kings, Cam Ward, the Carolina Hurricanes, and Ben Scrivens from the Edmonton Oilers. Let's welcome to the airwaves this amazing artist, Steve Nash. Hi, Steve. Hi, Deb. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing awesome. That was a wicked introduction. (laughs) Well, I hope you liked it. Yeah, that's the best one I've ever had in my life, I think. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we aim to please. Um, you were born in Shelburne, Ontario. What was it like growing up in Canada? Because we're from the States, and so is it different growing up like in Canada? Uh, yeah, well, where I grew up, it was like a small farming community, so I had oh. a lot of time on my hands to doodle away, I guess you could say, um, and uh, moved to, towards the bigger uh, city, which would be close to Toronto. Right. Um, nothing as cool as L.A., but uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much my beginnings there. Oh, wonderful. Now, what... What led to your decision to pursue being a, like a visual artist? What was your, how did you, how did it come about that you wanted to be a visual artist? I mean, because that's not something that you just think about generally. Yeah, um, like I said, uh, like growing up on a, in a small community up in Canada, there's there's only one sport, and it's hockey. Right. Everybody wants to play hockey. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoyed art, so I learned as much as I could on my own and uh, pretty much combined the two passions. Uh, early on, there wasn't, there wasn't really much art on goalie masks uh, until, right. say, the uh, 80s. And um, it was never planned. It, it was just my love for hockey, the sport, and the love for art. And they combined and it just took off from there which was a not knock on wood very lucky for me absolutely now what did was your first job doing that or what was your first job and what did it teach you that you've been able to like carry through in your career uh, my first job was uh, recreational hockey players um, I would doodle on their masks, and uh, at, at that point, I was learning how to use the airbrush and color theory and so forth, and uh, trying to understand how to 
paint on a round surface because it's so much easier to paint on a flat piece of paper. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so once I got that down, then a lot of my customers that were coming to me were just, can you do this for a trade or can you do this uh, to help me out? And it was good for me because I got practice. And that's sort of how it started out when I was a young lad. And word of mouth, uh, it, it started to travel from there. Oh, wow. Now, was it a difficult field to get into and make money from? Uh, was, were, were there a lot of competitors, or were you, like, the only one? Now, that's a good question. When I started out, it was probably a handful of um, men and women doing it. Now, like maybe five or six people, that was it. And that was back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, the, the small group pretty much started the whole trend of what you see today. And uh, now it's become a huge, pretty much, industry of people wanting to get into it, learning learning the art, learning it's it's more like a trade now, I guess you could say. Right. It's evolved on its own. Uh, yeah. does that in, does that include airbrushing or is there something more now that uh people are trying to forge ahead as far as another type of um painting? Would you say? Yeah, the, yeah, you're right there. That there's a, it's a, it's an unfortunate thing because uh, tradition in hockey is very important. So traditionally, masks were painted, so there was right. actually a piece of art. Today's um, uh, crew of people that are coming on board, what they're using is um, uh, help from. The electronics, like uh, digital printers and stuff, and right. they're putting on whatever images they want, and it's not art; it's just a sticker that's been fancily put on. Is like it's it, the tradition is being lost now. But I'm a lot of people want to keep bring that back and make it for real again. Right, and it sounds like. Um your business, I Candy Air. Let's get into that a little bit. You you opened it in 2000. What was I, I am I'm curious. What was the inspiration behind the title? I'm I'm very curious about this. Uh, okay, the, actually, it was my wife's idea. She was very smart at this. Uh, she, she wanted to use a word that was already in in the vocabulary. Something right. that you could say and you could remember it, and. Eye candy is pretty much what we're putting on on the helmet, anyways. So it's not just a plain white helmet for protection. So the goalie can express himself through art onto his helmet, his own personal feelings or uh, superstitions and so forth. So eye candy sort of went with that. So it, it just worked out nicely. And the yeah. air part that was, that just implies the the air brushing. That's that's interesting because I could also take another meaning of eye candy when you're talking about, you know, goalies and hockey players because they're beautiful eye candy for people to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can go a lot of different ways with eye candy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, how did you 
become involved with the NHL? Was it your passion for the game, or was it something else? Um, mostly it was the passion for the game. Um, I did play when I was a kid. I got pretty high ranks, but obviously not good enough to be a professional. Um, I did meet a lot of young kids that I watched grow up, go through the ranks, and then make it to the NHL. I've seen a lot of that. Uh, I've sent off a lot of um, uh, young ladies, too, because hockey's growing really big for the for the women. Absolutely. Uh, like coming out of Canada, going down to university or college in, in the States, and back and forth. So I see a lot of that, which... I love I love to see somebody small grow up and do something like that. And uh, but word of mouth is pretty much the the main thrust for me. And people see my art and they want to keep it traditional and have real art on their masks, so it's so they can make their statements. And so yeah, word of mouth is the best thing for me. Now, okay, so word of mouth is is how that. Well, I want to go back to something that you said. You said you, you've seen a lot of youngsters grow up and go through the ranks and go into the NHL. Who, for instance, did you, are you talking about? Um, I grew up with uh, Curtis Joseph. He's an old-timer. Oh, sure. Uh, grew up with him and played with him as we were kids, like opposite uh, organizations, and uh, he made it, well, we're both roughly the same age, so I've seen him go off and do spectacular things, and now that I'm older, I'm seeing younger uh, guys, girls grow up and repeat the same process, and, and it, that's, like, really cool to see that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you said that uh, word of mouth is, is how your business has grown. Who was the first person in the NHL that had you do his mask? Uh, the first guy was Timmy Thomas. I got a chance to work with him. And he is he was so fun to work with. I oh. love working with that guy. He's a, he's a true warrior in the net. True warrior in the net. And, uh, yeah, it was fun working with him. Still working with him now. Everybody wants to write him off, but he just keeps coming back and battling and so it's always awesome to work with him. So he was my first uh, professional in the NHL. What team was he with, uh, Steve? He was with Boston. Oh, Boston, Boston Bruins. Bruins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? With Boston, the Boston Bruins, nobody they weren't they couldn't get the bums in the seats. They couldn't get the seats. Uh, they couldn't get the, uh, the sales for the tickets. And uh, Timmy Thomas. Uh, seemed to put a lot of passion back into Boston. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And a lot of people were mm-hmm. buying Thomas jerseys. And it seemed like that whole city rallied around him. The garden started selling out like crazy. And uh, mm-hmm. it just kept growing and growing. And then they finally won, they won the Stanley Cup. It was awesome. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so... What exactly goes into you, like when you work with a goalie and you paint his mask, you obviously learn about him and what makes him tick kind of or what he wants to express on his on his mask. 
what kind of process do you go through when you create a masterpiece that you make? Um, the process is, uh, like I can use, uh, I'll use one guy for example. I'll use Jonathan Quick from L.A. Okay. Um, when I first started working with him, he was pretty adamant about having a certain look that he wanted. He wanted to have a knight battle armor theme, um, like, a, like a warrior kind of look, Ooh. something that would match any team, any color, whatever. So the tones from a medieval knight pretty much can go with anything. Right. So, yeah, so me and him went back and forth with some sketches until he was okay, that's the one. Let's let's go for it. Let's, I really like how that looks. And uh, once I got the okay from him, after going back a few times with that, uh, the first paint job for him, which you see him always in now, that's pretty much been his uh, consistent theme. So he's a traditionalist. He likes to stay in his own, his same mask paint job. Some guys like to change and have a have three different paint jobs in one season. Right. Right. Now, is there um something about your masks? Obviously there is because you're you're sought after all over the place. Um yes, definitely. What is it that makes your masks so different than others in the field? Cuz obviously you have competition. Um, and I mean, I've seen your work and it's absolutely amazing. So what is it about your mask that makes it so different? Um, that's a really good question. You got a lot of good questions. Thank you. (laughs) The, uh, I tried to bring a little bit of an element from the, uh, original guys that painted masks. So from the early 60s and 70s which those guys, in my opinion, had it down. You could see the mask paint jobs from the top of the arena all the way down onto the ice. Some paint jobs get a little bit crazy with the detail. Mm-hmm. You unless you're two, like one foot away from the... Uh, right. So what I tried to do was incorporate what was already really good. It wasn't broken. That was like a really awesome concept that these early painters had. And then put mix in some modern type art on top of that. So that's sort of the route that I tried to go. And it seems like a lot of artists now are falling back in that route, trying to get more of that retro. They're calling it like retro or old school kind of uh, vibe. But... Uh, that's sort of the route that I, I like to take it in. Oh, interesting. Like less, well, portrait you know what I'm saying? Like less uh, a million little pictures on there, but more more making the helmet as a as one, more of a piece of art in one rather than like a collage. Right, right. No, I, I get what you... Yeah, no, that, that, makes, that makes total sense because I've seen a lot of... What I've been seeing is a lot of um, there's some animals like the did you did you uh, design the Carolina Panthers um, one of the goalies there? 
Um, I did do some Panthers there, open face Panthers. Um, I did the Blackbeard theme for Cam Ward. That's sort of stuck in, that's been around for a few years now. People yes. Yes. We tried, like for his mask, he didn't really know which direction to go, so we, we uh, dove into the history around the Carolinas there and uh, found out about Blackbeard, so we... Uh, Blackbeard vibe into the uh, into the paint job, which worked out pretty cool. So it is about. So this is this is interesting because, you, okay, so goalies as 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 hockey players, they're the they're the uh, what is it? They're the knight of the net. They will not let anything in the net. They're not supposed to anyway. Exactly. <laughs> not supposed to let anything in <laughs> right right exactly it's supposed to be a fortress okay yeah. so this is really interesting Steve you brought a new kind of uh, kind of um, a perspective to the NHL goalies and to the goalies in the international team where they're expressing themselves on their hockey mask as opposed to it looking like a Jason mask that's what it used to look like. It used to look like Jason in the horror yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you have actually evolved the goalies into a new art form. They actually are expressing themselves artistically now, not just on the ice, but what they're trying to say when you look at them with their, with their mask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you nailed it right on. That's perfectly the way it is. Goalies bring out their superstitions onto their helmets. They'll bring out, uh, uh, like uh, Marty Biron was a Leo. I painted for New York Rangers. So he wanted a lion on his mask. So sort of like to defend, defend the neck. It's not that it does anything. It's just like a little fun thing for for the uh, athletes to do. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting because I wonder how long it's going to take for people in for the hockey players to want that like as a captain of a team or a you know goal scorer like they're going to want airbrushed masks too because not necessarily, you know, for their face because they have to see but on the back of their masks I'm, I'm, or their helmets, they might want something to express themselves because it, it's, it's a very interesting uh, area that I think has been untouched, and I think that you have a canvas full of possibilities for the rest of the future as well. I really hope so. Like. Uh... Yeah, as far as the players, the the players aren't allowed to get their helmets painted. Uh, team clean colors through and through. Uh, yeah, just the goalie is the only guy that's allowed to do that. <laughs> but that's okay. And that's that's really interesting because you know that might change people from wanting to just be a, a uh, hockey player into wanting to be a goalie because when they become a goalie, 
they can express themselves artistically also. So that might change the... You know what? That happens all the time. Like exactly, again, what you just said. Little kids, they want to be goalies just so they can paint their helmet. Mm-hmm. Colorful pads. It, it, that perfectly is exactly the way it is. Interesting. Uh, that is... That's, I mean, I can only imagine that this is an art form that is going to be... It's it's uncharted territory right now, and I have a feeling you're going to evolve it even further, and I can't wait to see what you have in a couple years or even three years or something because I know you're going to evolve this process even even more. Oh, yeah. You know, I really hope it keeps evolving and and doesn't go the way of, uh, like, football where everybody has the same helmet or... Because there's, there's all sports. There's no really way for the athletes to express themselves anymore. No, no. Like race car drivers, they, they do a little bit with their helmets, but for the most part, it's uh, branding, you know, sponsors and stuff. Right. Their helmet. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's. That's interesting. I'm wondering how long it's going to take you to get into designing hockey jerseys as well, and the logos for the different teams. Yeah. I've been asked to do things like that, like outside of helmets, like logos and so forth. But uh, I sort of like keep in my own my own little area there so I don't get too much on my plate. Oh, so that you can concentrate on that. Yeah. Well, that's why your, your designs are so amazing. I have to mention um, you created one of the most touching hockey masks I've ever seen. When I saw it, I was so touched, and, and I actually had tears in my eyes. Uh, the Jonathan Quick's hockey mask for the Olympics for Team USA, um, and everyone knows Jonathan Quick is the goalie for the Los Angeles Kings, um, and the hockey mask had the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier on the back. How, yeah, did, that was so how did this come about? How did this come about? Okay, I'm not, I have... I'm not going to take any credit for this. It was all John, Jonathan's idea. He's he's very patriotic. He if he could have his way, he could, he would have so much on his helmet, stating his thanks for all the military people. Uh, that's just the way he is. He he would do that. Uh, the IOC rules don't allow us to do anything really. Right. Um, so uh, the last time he was in the Olympics, they made him tape up part of his paint job that I did for him <gasps> to support the troops. No. Yeah. On his back plate, we put uh, support our troops, and he had to put tape all over it, which was pretty... Uh, now, wait, where were... Yeah, where were we in the Olympics last year, the last time? Um, so four years ago, uh, we were in Vancouver. The Olympics and they... in Vancouver. He was a third-string goalie, so he didn't. Uh, he wasn't on the ice. But he got a lot of attention because of that, because the uh, people in, in the uh, military were very upset about that. People in the Oh, my goodness. Yeah, wow. The IOC, the IOC have really strict rules about anything to do with stuff like that. So That's really interesting. 
Yes, yes. Um, now, what what did it take for you to? Uh, how did you come come uh, come about with this photo or this picture of Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? How how did that transpire? You know what? Where did you go to get a photo, or what what did you have in mind when you when he told you that's what he wanted? What transpired? We the same way we like I was explaining before. We bounce ideas off each other's. Uh, concepts and stuff and uh, uh, my father was in World War II and knew a lot about the uh, tomb and uh, so I had that in the back of my mind we were trying to come up with an idea that we could use where it didn't have any wording because the IOC rules is very strict on right. type of wording so I passed uh, that idea by John John really liked that idea because it it covers a lot of different areas and avenues with uh, military yeah. people, yeah. soldiers, and so forth. And it's not it's it's not just American. Like it it goes all over. Like they uh, guard the tomb for a lot of different soldiers. Absolutely. And it's probably the most touching thing I've ever seen like when they changed when the guards change up and they and they guard that tomb through snow and sleet oh, yeah. and wind and rain like that that chokes me up more than anything mm-hmm. the dedication those guys have so yeah John was right on board with that he's like oh my god that's it let's do something like that so uh, we took it from there and uh I got in contact with somebody at the uh, uh, the old guard. Uh, the photo was taken. The actual photo was taken by uh, Torres Jr. Oh. Uh, so he was a sergeant. He gave us permission to use the photograph. There's more to the photograph, but I couldn't fit it all because I'm dealing with such small space. So I got sure. much on there. Was, like the most important, obvious. Right message on there I couldn't put the letters on the tomb because they would make them tape it yeah so that's blank everything's pretty much blank but the message is there oh, they wow. let them go with it and we were like we were very surprised they said okay you can you can run with that and uh, so luckily this is working out John gets to get his message across how he feels and uh I don't think you can get any more patriotic than that. No, no, I don't think you can. Um, what What are you working? Uh, what kind of designs are you working on right now? Uh, the one that I'm working on right now is Martin Jones in L.A. Oh, right. The Kings. Mm-hmm. The way. Uh, poor guy had the uh, miners mask. The the miner team the uh, monarchs he had their logo on on his mask so now he's up at the uh, kings he wants uh, to to lose that and put uh, we're going to put bailey the mascot on the other side he's fun he's a fun guy and he just wants to keep his mask fun that's that's where the directions go i go from total our conversation here with 
the, uh, with John's mask, totally serious. And then the next goalie, it's totally fun and have a great time. Oh, that's that's awesome. What has... Oh, that's wonderful. See, and that's, uh, you're lucky because you have a job that you really, really, really love and you're able to create as well. Oh, yeah, I thank my lucky stars, yes. Um, now, what, I'm going to ask you one last question. What design has been the, the most difficult to complete? Which which design that somebody's given you or, or wanted to do that you were like, this is the most difficult thing I've ever had to do? The one I just did for Jonathan Quick, the back plate. <laughs> okay. It, it, it is because I did a lot of research um, and I watched a couple documentaries and it made it more difficult to paint it. Oh. Then it was just, and it was just a guy standing there. It, it was, uh, the feelings were a little bit more tense, I guess you could say. Right. So emotionally, that was the most difficult one so far. And that was just a little tiny piece on the back plate. But it was it was the most, uh, I don't want to say sad. It was the most... Poignant. Uh, the one I felt most proud doing, I guess you could say. Right, and it, it, yeah, poignant, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk to you all night about this, but I know you're on a, on a schedule. So I want to thank you for being with us. It was fascinating to hear about this process and what goes into it. And um, uh, thank you for all of your all your time. Well, thank you very much for having me on. It was that was. Uh... It was, you, you know what? You asked some questions like you're uh, like a goalie yourself. You were coming <laughs> with some good questions there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Steve. I think that is a yeah, huge... Yeah, on your show now. Yes, absolutely. Oh, really? Oh, you're hooked on it? Oh, I have some more interviews coming up uh, next week and the week after. Yeah, so... Definitely. Yeah, I'm, a new, I'm new to it, but I I, I love your interviews and uh, yeah, I mostly listen to talk radio and stuff when I work. But yeah, I love your uh, I love your program. It's awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. I think that is a huge, huge compliment. Let me um, hold on the line for a second, and uh, I'm just going to close out the show. This uh, concludes our. We want to thank uh, Steve Nash for being with us. It was it was an absolute pleasure. And uh, everybody have a good night. Um, This is Deb signing out.